Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Has God ever called you to something, but you didn't know what to expect? Perhaps you were given very few details, and all you had was a sense that God was speaking to you. This is often the story of many throughout history. Faith is not always knowing where to go or what to do, but instead trusting the one you have been called to follow, the Lord your God. In Genesis chapter 12, Abraham and Sarah are called to a different journey and a seemingly impossible task that will take great faith. Let's watch them in part one of Pastor Jim's message, following God's amazing call to the impossible. Well, we've all heard the expression, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And I think the opposite is actually true with the Lord. With the Lord, we might say, if God calls you to something by faith, it will be or it certainly can be better than it sounds. But that's not always going to be how we see it, certainly not going to be how we always initially see it, as often God calls us to something that we're just really not sure what to expect, or we kind of have a vision for the way it's going to turn out, and then it doesn't turn out that way, and we're kind of lost, kind of wondering what is in fact going on. The Lord's calls are interesting. They're generally not particularly detailed, and yet his promises can be very big. Sometimes they seem unbelievable. If you get a promise from God and you're thinking, me? It's probably you. If you get a promise from God, you're like, well, of course it's me. It's probably not you. (laughs) And a lot of times we think this is completely impossible. So we've titled today's message, Following God's Amazing Call to the Impossible. Following God's Amazing Call to the Impossible. Last, we began a series that we entitled Venturing into the Unknown, looking at a man by the name of Abram. He will, his name will be changed to Abraham, uh, and he was raised a pagan. He was not raised in the faith, so a lot of times people say, oh, well, you know, God can't do anything with me. I wasn't, I wasn't raised in this stuff. When I meet people on outreaches, and they'll say, well, you, did you have any kind of religious upbringing? And they go, no. I go, oh, how good for you, man. You don't have all this crazy religious stuff that you have to, that you have to deal with. And Abraham or Abram, I, you know, he becomes Abraham, so I call him Abraham a lot. So Abram lived in a very dark time. We talked about that last week after the time of the Tower of Babel when the people had just totally rebelled against God. They all got together and said, let's rebel against him. And yet, by the grace of God, God decides that he wants to start everything all over. So the Lord chooses Abram and his family to be the vehicle of his blessing to the world. And yet Sarai, or who becomes Sarah, his wife, we were told last week is barren, meaning she could have no kids. And last week we discussed some of the pain associated with that. And we often talk about, it tells us in the Bible that the Lord chooses, and the Lord does choose people for certain things, and yet at the same time, he also calls us to follow him. And a lot of times that following of God is out of the comfort zone into the uncomfortable zone for something that's actually much better, but 
it might not always seem that way. Sometimes it doesn't even always seem that way in this life. Now, before you tune me out, I want to just remind us all or tell you all of something. The calling of just one person to follow God can make an incredible difference in the world. Just one person. Remember we talked a couple weeks ago, just having one person in your life who told you about Jesus, the difference it made in your life, the faithfulness of one person to do what God asks of them to do, as uncomfortable as it may be at the time, can have tremendous, tremendous effects. And in the weeks to come, we're going to see that God does this through a man whose life is marked by tremendous faith and, everybody pay attention, tremendous failure. You see, you don't have to have everything right all the time. I'm not saying we go out and try and be complete failures and complete losers, but you don't have to have it right all of the time to be used by God. And that was the same thing was true for Abraham will be true for us. So let's go back in time over 4,000 years ago, and we'll look at the call given, the call given. It says, now the Lord had said to Abram, Now, the Lord had said to Abram, notice God takes the initiative. He's not not waiting. God's not waiting for us to kind of go like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll go do this. God takes the initiative. When God calls you to faith and trust in him, he's the one who takes the initiative. That's why a lot of people will sometimes say like, I went to church my whole life. And then all of a sudden it was like, You know, the blinders were taken off. I I finally heard something. And so God takes the initiative and he says to him, get out of your country, more literally leave, go now, from your family. And the family structure in in the, the Middle East even now, but back then was just huge. And from your father's house to a land, and land was very, very important to them, that I will show you. So leave your family and leave your land. And this is the beginning of a complete new beginning of history, really, and and a new beginning for Abraham and his family. And with the Lord's new beginnings, we will often be faced with some hard decisions. We're often going to be faced with some difficult challenges, and often those challenges and difficulties include a test of our faith. A lot of times we say that we have faith, and then Our faith is tested, and it's only tested not because God wants to see how we do on the test. He knows how we're going to do on the test. He wants to show us how we're going to do uh, on the test. And so the Lord's call to Abraham is essentially to reestablish, after everything that happened in Genesis chapter 1 through 11, it's essentially to reestablish the kingdom of God on earth. And that is the mission he gave the church to. The church is supposed to establish the mission of God uh, on earth and to tell people about Jesus Christ. And, and for Abraham, he calls him, and he's not going to call all of us exactly the same way, but he calls him to make a complete break from his past and to actually leave his family. Now, last week, we, we did encounter that in, in the book of Acts, which was a couple thousand years later. Stephen told us that God had told Abraham this much earlier than it's recorded here. You know, the Bible guys are not as concerned with time as we are. They're more concerned with topics and, and, and what's, what's going on. 
Last we saw that Abraham's father, Terah, he had the call to go to Mesopotamia or Ur the Chaldeans and, and so he, to leave Ur the Chaldeans and to go to the land of Canaan, but he faltered. He left Ur, but he couldn't get out of Haran. They stopped in Haran, which was another pagan city. So he left Ur, which was pagan, and he went to Haran, which was pagan. And, and he couldn't get out of there probably because the temptations were too strong for him, or he was just out of gas. You know what it means to feel like you're out of gas? And, and he died there. And that's a sad story of a lot of people, is they just don't finish following God's call, or they just give up too early, or as you know, we like to say, it's always too soon to quit. And so they, so they give up on the call. It's very sad. And this call is, is similar to the call of the apostles we see in the New Testament, very similar to a call that I know a lot of you have experienced in your life. I know I have. It, it was completely unexpected, and it was radical. So much so, you have to say to yourself, either I'm going nuts or this is really from God. <laughs> because no rational person would think this way. And sometimes it's a call to break with the past. Sometimes it's a call to leave the bad influences in our lives. And sometimes those things, not always, but sometimes those things are needed in order to hear and follow the call of God. Jesus said something amazingly radical in his day for his culture, Matthew 10, 37. He said, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Now, he's not saying you have to hate your mother or your father. He's not saying that you hate your son or your daughter. He's just saying that this is the call of the kingdom, that when God calls you to his kingdom, when Jesus calls you to his kingdom, he is going to call you to an allegiance to him that is higher than an allegiance to others. But this is the thing about that allegiance. If your allegiance is to Jesus first, you'll be able to love others better. If your allegiance is to yourself first, that's going to be tough for you to love others better because it's going to always be about you. So just imagine you're Abraham. So you're just kind of hanging out one day, and God tells you. We said last week he was a city guy, but he was also uh, raised animals, so he probably lived right outside the city. He's a big business guy, and, and so maybe you're one day out just checking out how the flocks are doing, talking with the, the people that work for you. How's it going? How's this going? What's going on with that? And, and all of a sudden, God shows up, and he says, hey, you know this great business deal you got going here with your family and the land and all this kind of stuff? I want you to get out. I want you to leave. How are you going to go home and tell your wife? I mean, just think about that. God says, hey, babe, you got a second? You want dessert, honey? Nope, no dessert tonight. You want to talk to you about something serious. Uh, God told me that we're supposed to leave our family and uh, our security here, and we're supposed to follow him. Okay, honey, sure, sure. Where? I don't really know. I don't really know. So you get everybody ready, your, all, your, all your flocks and your, your family and, your, and the people who work for you, and there you go. We're going to a new place. We're moving the business. You know, you hear a lot of businesses, are, particularly California, a lot of businesses are leaving California and moving to other, other states. And you say, 
you're going you're gonna to move. And of course, if you're like, you know, a lot of you know, dads or uncles or something like that, you, you have some young teenage kids sit in the seat next to you, and you go, okay. And he says, okay, pull up the directions on the GPS. You know, I, I had to reset, since we moved, I had to reset my home on my, on my GPS. So, you know, you gotta re- he's got to reset his home on his GPS now. So the kid says, all right, Uncle Abraham, what's home to the land that I will show you? <laughs> it's like, it doesn't work. It doesn't happen. There's no, no, way, no way for this. And it's crazy. I get it. I get it. It's, it's crazy. Leaving your, what's tangible, leaving what you can touch, what you're used to, and depend upon God's provision for where you're going to. But that's a large part of faith, is depending upon God for what is unknown that you know that he has called you to pursue. You see, faith is often trading the known for the unknown. How many of you like the known? How many of you like the known and comfortable? Raise your hand. Really? Come on, be a little more honest. You're known and comfortable. Okay. My poor wife raised her hand and she married me. Pray for that woman. <laughs> she's always like, every year, she's like, so what's the harebrained scheme for this year? <laughs> so if you don't know me, I'm a serial entrepreneur as well as a pastor. So, you see, and you say, well, how can someone trade the known for the unknown relatively easy without totally losing your mind? I think it comes down to this. You have to know and trust the God of the unknown that he knows. And some of you are in situations in your life right now where you just don't know what's next. You just don't know. And, and the, really, the, the way to sanity is to trust the God of the unknown who does, in fact, know. Now, verse 2 and 3, we're still in the call here. He makes seven promises. I'll, I'm going to read it through, and then we'll go back over it. He says, I, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, I'm going to take it seven. Some people might quantify them differently, but let's go slowly. He says, I will. Notice God says, not you, you got to make this happen. He says, this is what I'm going to do for you. If you follow what I say, this is what I'm going to do for you. I will make you a great nation. Now, what does that mean? I'm sure he has no idea. Remember, we said last week, he's like, I got no kids. What do you mean? I will bless you and will make your name great. So that's one, two, three. I will make you a great nation. Two, I will bless you. Three, I will make your name great. And four, and you shall be a blessing. You know, the the calls of God do not just call us to be blessed by him, but they call us to be a blessing to others. And so whenever we're thinking of doing something, we always have to say to ourselves, is part of this call going to make me a blessing to others? And if not, we really want to maybe search a little bit more deeply. Verse 3, the fifth thing, I will bless those who bless you. Verse, uh, number 6, and I will curse him who curses you. What does that mean? There's going to be opposition. Oh, no, no, no. 
God's way is going to be easy all the time. There's a reason they call them martyrs. <laughs> no, there's going to be opposition. And number seven, and in you, all the family, some versions say peoples of the earth shall be blessed. I believe that's a reference to actually Jesus who will come thousands of years later. So these are great promises. Stupendous promises, but let's be honest, every one of them seems impossible. I mean, if you really look at every one of them, where this man is right now, everyone seems impossible, and, and trusting God for them will require great faith. Think about it. He's called to leave his past for a future that he thought would be one way, but now is going to be a different way, and he's going to have to put his trust in God to do it. And I know this to some of you might seem very simplistic, but when it's you, it, it's not as simple as it sounds. The best place to serve God is where he wants you. That's the absolute best place to serve God. Notice what we don't get from Abram. We don't get, God, are you kidding me? I mean, you're kidding. You got the wrong guy. <laughs> I'm a pagan from Ur of the Chaldeans. <laughs> I'm not one of these hyper-spiritual types, God. Yeah. God's like, yeah, I know, that's why I picked you. <laughs> I'm not that. He doesn't say, uh, you know, we learned last week that his wife and him didn't have any kids. He doesn't go, this is all impossible because I don't have a family. I can't, how, can, how can all of this multiply if I have nothing? We'll see in verse 4 that he's 75 years old. Now, for sure, Abram is a guy who could build a big business, but kids, they don't, they don't grow on trees. Right? They don't, they don't grow on trees. The stork brings them. If you're a kid and you don't know where they come from, ask your parents on the ride home. Abraham is learning something that we all have to learn. We can't venture forth in faith. And every one of us in this room right now, every, every follower of Jesus worldwide, is really in a position where the next step is a step of faith. Because the future is so unknown. You can't venture in faith without trusting the Lord. And sometimes he just says, well, you know, I, you don't, it doesn't seem like it's something you want to learn, or maybe I need to stir up the pot a little in your life. So I'm just going to put some circumstances in your life to teach you how to trust me. Not because I mean, but because I want you to grow into a deeper relationship with me. See, the funny thing about God is a lot of his promises are quite big. They're quite big, and God's big promises generally also come with big demands on our faith, demands that call us to let go of certain things, particularly to let go of certain earthly things, which we hold on to very tightly, and then to hold on to those things that are eternal. I'll give you a silly example. I We decided to sell, I had a business with three units and uh, sold two of them to go into the ministry and the other unit was pretty small and I said to the Lord I, one of the things I loved to do was to be able to to financially give to, to things and financially the way things look right now that may not be quite as much a possibility so I put a couple guys in charge of one part of the 
business and, and they grew it into a big thing. <laughs> and so God tested my faith, I guess, but I, he didn't take that from me, but that was not an earthly thing I was holding onto, that was an eternal thing. See, we make a lot about being faithful in the little things, don't we? And it's, I think, in many ways, easier to be faithful in the little things. It's what about when God asks us to be faithful in the big things? You say, well, what big things? I wonder sometimes, do we even expect big things from God? In your life, do you, do you expect big things from God? Maybe, maybe there's someone you've been praying for for years or you did for a while that they would come to faith and it didn't happen fast enough for you. Maybe you should start again and resume and or someone to come back to Christ and, and just, just say, Lord, I, this is a big thing, and I'm, I'm not giving up. I'm not, I'm not giving up on this one. What about our church? Do we expect God to do big things in our church? Now, I know a lot of us, we just sit here and we go, well, that more big thing, God does big things, that brings big problems. But this is not our kingdom. This is God's kingdom. And we're like, we like it now. We're friends. We're the, we pay the rent. The temperature's perfect, you know. <laughs> We can, we can do what we kind of want to do. That's great. But what about those who have yet to hear? What about those that are waiting to hear the good news of Jesus? I mean, have we given up on personal growth? I mean, I hope you don't want this to be it. I, I, I certainly never want to peek in my faith. I don't want to be constantly looking back going, oh, can I go back to the old days? I want to be, you know, growing and I want to be looking forward to growing in the future. I, I hope we haven't given up on faithful service. I hope we haven't given up on other people, praying for them, talking with them about God, as the, not for, forcing it down their throat, but as the opportunities come. I hope we haven't given up on inviting people to either to church or watching something online and saying, hey, can we just discuss this so you know a little bit where I'm coming from and, and you can, I can hear where you're coming from and we can hear where Jesus is coming from. Are we giving up just because things are hard? Haven't you noticed that most things in life that are really, really worthwhile are really, really hard? None of it's easy. So now we have this thing where everybody's kind of sitting far apart. And some of you have said to me, this must be a hard thing for you to watch after, you know, years of watching, you know, multiple services and lots of people and stuff like that. Fifteen years ago when we started this church, when we moved up here and we didn't know anybody, I'd have killed for this many people in the room. <laughs> I would have killed for it. <laughs> but I can remember nights when there, were, there was this like you know, four of us in there. I remember one night there were six of us there and five of us, five of us had my last name. Right? <laughs> I'm like saying to my kids, you better come forward and repent. <laughs> yeah, things are hard. Okay, so what? You see, the, the purpose of God's calling is, is to bless and again, to be a blessing. To be a blessing to people. So often we've been brainwashed in American Christianity that it's all about us and us being blessed, but we are to bless other people. Yet, as we said, the word curse tells you that there will be opposition. You should expect the opposition. All of this stuff we see on television, this opposition to faith, we should expect it. And, and even some of the stuff that I see on television that says it's faith, you know, if you give this much money, you, you'll, there'll be a brand new Mercedes in your parking lot tomorrow. <laughs> like, I object to that. 
Or I'll look out the window and go, look, some drunk guy parked in our lot in our driveway last night. Or, oh, undercover cops are here. <laughs> I object to it a lot, but there, it, there should be opposition. But we are blessed to be a blessing. And honestly, to me, this whole thing of God saying, I'm going to bless the world through you, Abraham, to me, it blows my mind. Why in the world would God bless a world that so consistently rejects him? Why would he do that? Why does he, and we saw it in chapters 1 through 11, we see it now, why does God consistently promise blessing to a world that mocks him? Why in the world would Jesus Christ come and die on a cross for a world that consistently sins against God? Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love brings you the great hope of the gospel to equip you to reach others with this transforming message. In a world filled with fear and mistrust, Pastor Jim provides the path to freedom in a clear and transparent style. Changed by Love needs your help to reach thousands, including your friends and neighbors. Find out the ways you can team financially with Changed by Love by visiting our website at changedbyloveradio.org or call 862-217-9686. Pastor Jim would love to hear your story and how Changed by Love has impacted your life or someone you know. Your encouragement goes a long way. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.